1: This is the FCS Fever podcast, where we turn up the heat on FCS football. Available wherever you get your podcasts. The FCS Fever podcast is part of the Aaron Torres media feed. And yup, it's that time of year. Football fall camps are underway. The pads are on, as is the preparation for this fast approaching 2022 season. I'm Chris Sylvester. I'll be taking over the FCS Fever podcast throughout the 2022 college football season. I'm the play-by-play voice at Cal Poly, a position I've held since 2016. And I'm excited to dive into the world of FCS football with you each and every week as we recap games and preview matchups. Every season brings excitement, even if it's a down year for your team, a rebuilding year for your program, This 2022 FCS season promises to bring some terrific moments. Here's what we've got on tap for our first episode. We'll catch up with some familiar voices to the program. Jeff Colhane, who started this whole thing, really got it off the ground and out to FCS fans across the country last year. He will jump on with us. If you haven't heard, Jeff and his family now living in Tallahassee, Florida, with Jeff now the play-by-play voice at Florida State. We'll also chat with Andy Rickoff, who we plan to have as our Missouri Valley Insider throughout the fall on the FCS Fever podcast. Andy serves as the program director at the Bison 1660 in Fargo, and he'll keep a close pulse on North Dakota State football for us on the FCS Fever podcast. That being said, this show is going to be way more than just North Dakota State, in fact, we want to break down who might be able to dethrone North Dakota State this season in the FCS. Easier said than done. We're talking about a program that's won nine of the last 11 FCS titles. Most years, there are seemingly a team or two that have a legitimate shot at taking down the Bison in the playoffs, but when you look at the FCS preseason top 25s, there's a notable name missing. James Madison is gone. 2016 FCS champs, now officially members of the Sun Belt and the FBS, and it opens opportunities for other programs to maybe make deeper playoff runs. Think about Weber State. They had a down year in 2021, but maybe a program like that who couldn't get past James Madison in the postseason previously. With JMU gone... Who's going to emerge from the Colonial? That's still a really good conference. Villanova beat James Madison last year. They're the preseason favorite in the conference this year. But look, five teams from the CAA really stand out to me off the bat. Rhode Island has high expectations. Delaware is ranked in the preseason polls, as is William and Mary and Elon. Elon's got ex-Montana State quarterback Matthew McKay remember how bizarre that was he left the team in the midst of their run that took him to the national championship last year does Montana State have what it takes to get back this year I think many around the FCS interested to see what Brett Vegan does in his second season in Bozeman across the state Montana is getting all sorts of preseason hype they don't have to worry about running into James Madison in the playoffs anymore. Montana ranked as high as number two, depending on what preseason FCS top 25 poll you look at. Look, it's hard to beat the atmosphere of a college football Saturday at Washington Grizzly Stadium there in Missoula. In the Big Sky, Sac State's a threat. They bring back a ton on offense. Can they get over the hump and make some noise in the playoffs if they get back? Two Big Sky championships in a short time for Troy Taylor at Sac State, but no playoff wins. The big sky is going to be fun. I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on Weber State, sleeping on Eastern Washington, sleeping on UC Davis. That's a really good conference, and I know I do games for Cal Poly, and they're in that conference, but there's no denying how much of a powerhouse many of these programs have become in the big sky. I think there's a few teams, at least in the conference this year, that have a deep playoff run potential. Well, there's always deep playoff run potential in the Valley. Might this be the year we get a Dakota Marker National Championship game? A lot of people think North Dakota State, South Dakota State are in a tier above everybody else. Then again, we tend to pop off with some crazy stuff in August. Uh, Look, the Valley's stacked. Missouri State... Southern Illinois in the preseason top 10. Northern Iowa, always a team you don't look forward to playing. South Dakota, North Dakota always seem to be on the cusp of the playoff hunt. Hey, let's dive deeper into Missouri Valley football. Andy Rickoff joins the pod from Fargo, North Dakota. Andy, how much does the vibe of Fargo tend to change a little bit as we get close to the football season?
2: Well, Chris, first, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I always love coming on uh, the podcast. I appreciate uh, you having me on. I appreciate the work you're doing here uh, with this podcast. It's great to have football and and get back to, uh, you know, FCS football, college football in general and just football season. Around Fargo, man, when it, when it gets to August, like that calendar turns to August, and it is something different. The you know, Lakes country is big around here. There's a bunch of lakes people go to, and they get away on the weekends. But when August hits, there's just different stuff going on. We just had NDSU Fan Day. We had a whole bunch of stuff for NDSU that will started this week, and we'll keep going on the next couple of weeks in terms of fan engagement. So things start to, to change, and you see a lot more green and yellow in Fargo once uh, the August uh, calendar starts. 13 starters back for the Bison.
1: That includes Cam Miller at Signal Caller. What are some of the biggest question marks, if any, that this North Dakota State team has gearing up for the season?
2: Yeah, you mentioned all those starters back. It feels a little bit like uh, 2018 when the the Bison won a national title that year. And coming into that year, they had just about everybody back. And they they returned a bunch of guys that didn't just have a year starting, but they had two or three years of of starting experience. And that's kind of what it's like this year for – for the Bison, you know, that that spring season that we all kind of hated back in uh, the spring of 2021 was, uh, you know, a, a year with a lot of young players last year. They had some some youth as well. But now this year, they've got a bunch of guys back. And you mentioned Cam Miller. It's the first year under head coach events where they haven't had a quarterback controversy in fall camp <laughs> going back to uh, the, the year for Trey Lance, his first year at starting quarterback. That was a quarterback controversy going into it because he wasn't the starter before. And this is the first year where it's, it's Cam Miller's job. And we, we know who the quarterback's going to be uh, come week one against Drake for NDSU in terms of question marks. There's not a ton of them. Uh, you got to replace one starting offensive lineman because Cordell Volson goes off to the NFL and he's with the Cincinnati Bengals. And he was a phenomenal player, but, They've got so many players that have either starting experience, game experience, or are just really, really good players on the offensive line. It's an area NDSU never struggles to find talent at. So that's not really a big worry when all you got to fill is one starting spot from a year ago. Uh, they do have an opening at wide receiver on offense because Christian Watson's in the NFL, uh, but Phoenix Sproles has been around this program for many years. Uh, he made an impact in multiple national championship teams in 18 and 19 and has kind of been around this program enough that he can take over that role. I think he's the the next man up, so to speak. And issue has never been a team that's going to spread it out four wide very often and, and, and you know, swing uh, sling it all over the field and, and spread you out. They can do that. I think they've got a lot of very young, talented wide receivers. It's as talented a group as there's ever been while I've been here in Fargo for sure. Uh, but they've got some guys that have experience mainly, like I said, Phoenix scrolls, Braylon Henderson started before and uh, Raja Nelson, a young man from Minnesota as well, that has a lot of experience and actual stats to back up what he did the last couple of seasons. So they're going to be fine at receiver. It's just finding those guys that can make the plays and having the quarterback settled already is a big help to that position. Defensively, there's a couple of holes, I guess you could say, but That's that linebacker where NDSU always seems to find lots of talent. they got to replace two starting linebackers, uh, middle and uh, on the right side there as well, right outside linebacker. But they've got guys that can do it. Luke Wertz, a young man from uh, Batavia, Illinois, highly recruited going into, you know, a third year in the program when that light bulb tends to turn on. They say third or fourth years when that tends to happen. And I think uh, we look forward to big things from Luke. He's just got to stay healthy. He's had some injury concerns. And then they've got multiple guys kind of fighting it out there, the outside linebacker spot as well. Outside of that, Chris, not a lot of question marks, and that's a good thing at this point of the year.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Andy Rickoff, our Missouri Valley Insider on the FCS Fever podcast. It's North Dakota State at one, South Dakota State at two when you look at the preseason polls, or at least most of them. Jackrabbits get a big boost. Mark Granowski, the Missouri Valley Player of the Year in the 21 spring season when the Jackrabbits finished as runners-up to Sam Houston State. He missed the entire season last fall, but he's back. Uh, tell me what you think about this. Some of the talk in and around the Valley is that this might be John Stiegelmeyer's best offense ever. I
2: uh, I would say I'll hold off on that for right now because, one, I mean, Growski's a great player. He is. He really is a great player. And, and what he did in that spring season was electric. But I think if we learned anything from the, the fall season in 2021, it's that Okay, you, everything you saw in the spring isn't going to quite hold true. There were some things that happened where that were a little bit unique. Not trying to take anything away from Gronowski; he was phenomenal. Those stats are legit, and he is a legit football player and a legit dual-threat option at quarterback. A very good player. But let's let's see him do it for a full fall season, right? Let's, let's let's see him do it with a full schedule, not a shorter schedule. Let's see him be able to stay healthy as well, coming off of a major injury that made him miss all of that last fall. And the other big thing there you also lose Pierre strong who was big in my opinion the best back or one of the top backs in the entire country the last couple of seasons they lose him now they got other talented running backs isaiah davis is really good but you go from really having that two-headed monster of, of proven guys and davis and pierre strong to just one guy that's super proven who was a little hurt last year and then the biggest change is jason x gone they they lose their their offensive coordinator from last year and Ah, uh, he took a head coaching job, so now you're going to be going over not a different philosophy or anything on offense, but different person calling the plays. There's a little, you know, change there. So let's see how that goes. The first couple of weeks before I say best offense he's ever had, because they've had some good offenses too. They've had some really good offenses. So. Uh, I'll hold off on that for now, but they are definitely a very talented team.
1: Yeah, you think about Dallas Goddard being in that tight end slot for a few years uh, in Brookings with that South yeah. Dakota State program. They certainly have had some high-powered offenses. Hey, How about the others? Missouri State, Southern Illinois, two teams getting a lot of preseason love. Do you feel like there's a dark horse in the conference that could maybe reach the tier of North Dakota State, South Dakota State come playoff time?
2: Yeah, those two teams you mentioned are are good ones. Missouri State, you know, Coach Petrino's come in there and brought in an infusion of talent. They've actually, I think, had a lot of talent, but he's coached it the right way. He's built it up the right way, and he's made that talent uh, give you some results on the field. Uh, Jason Shelley's a phenomenal quarterback, preseason, uh, player of the year candidate for uh, the Valley, no doubt about it. He was the player of the year offensively last season. But I look at their schedule. If you look at Missouri State's schedule, the non-conference is a little bit softer, except for their game against Arkansas. And then their conference schedule starts out with some some pretty challenging games. So that's going to be a tough road early on for Missouri State. Southern Illinois is a, a really talented team. Kind of ran out of gas at the end of last year. We'll see how fresh they are. A lot of players on that team that have played a lot of football. If I'm looking for a team outside of those, those four, it'd probably be Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa, I think nationally, some people will roll their eyes. Okay. They always lose some games and then they win games at the end of the season. They sneak into the playoffs. They might win a game or two in the playoffs, but you know, that's that's still a pretty good run if you're winning a game or two in the playoffs. And I look at their schedule this year and I just see opportunity for them. and they always play physical. They've always got some talent. I, I think they've got the quarterback position figured out a little bit more there now. And Uh, their schedule is more favorable they don't face an Iowa or an Iowa State their FBS game is is Air Force which I think is somewhat winnable for them and then you get a Sacramento State team but in Cedar Falls in Iowa and they get that a chance to knock off a Big Sky opponent there and they don't have NDSU on the schedule so when that's not on your schedule in, in terms of Valley play you always have a chance to be somewhere near the top of the conference I think Northern Iowa It's got a a, a fair chance. as fair a chance as anybody else to be near the top of the conference this year.
1: Yeah, you heard it. Watch out for UNI in the Valley this fall. Andy Rickoff, good stuff, my friend. Look forward to catching up with you here throughout the season. Where can FCS fans find you on social media and follow your work?
2: Yeah, Chris, appreciate that. Uh, I'm at uh, Andy on the AM on Twitter at Andy on the AM. And then all of our work here in in Fargo, you can just find it online at Bison1660 or Bison1660.com. Hey, we
1: appreciate it. And uh, we'll certainly be catching up before uh, NDSU heads out to Tucson to beat Arizona by what I think will be double figures. I think they might be favored in the game going into it, Chris. (laughs) Thanks so much, Andy.
2: Plus. Appreciate it Chris.
1: Good stuff from Andy Rickoff our Missouri Valley Insider here on the FCS Fever podcast. We don't have to wait till Labor Day weekend to get our first fix of FCS football. Some good FCS ball is on tap for the final weekend of August. We call that week zero. For a lot of FCS fans I feel like this first month of the season is where we can all kind of come together. I can understand if you're sick and tired of North Dakota State seemingly winning a title every single year, but you can't tell me you're an FCS football fan and not rooting for the Bison to go to Tucson this year and absolutely manhandle Arizona. This is what I like to call the hashtag fear the FCS time of year. Now there's some FCS-FBS matchups later in the season. Usually the SEC schools plan it that way. But the majority of the interdivisional matchups are here in the first few weeks of the season. Well, Austin P is gonna get a week zero crack at Western Kentucky. Idaho State goes to UNLV, Florida A and M at North Carolina, and Duquesne visits Florida State. A man who will be on hand and up in the booth for that week zero matchup in Tallahassee he joins us. On the FCS fever podcast. It's Jeff Colhane. You you started this thing up last year, got it out to FCS fans everywhere. I know you're a knoll now, but what has you fired up in the FCS this upcoming season?
3: Chris, great to talk to you. And I'm excited that the podcast can continue and Looking forward to listening to you every week as you uh, you know weave us through the the web of the world of FCS college football. There's some great programs, coaches, and players that deserve that attention, and so I'm happy that uh, we've got we've got somebody of your caliber that is going to continue on the pod. But uh, you know, it, it's always interesting. You have these kinds of matchups, and the, uh, the the big schools they want to get get by them get them done get a win no injuries and they don't want to feel any sort of a, a taste of fcs fever that is for sure and so <laughs> you know my, my it's, it's ironic you know my first game at florida state is the play-by-play announcer for the knowles is going to be against the fcs team as you mentioned versus the dukes of duquesne and They've had a tremendous program over the years and have been able, you know, to really, really get things going the last four or five years and, you know, playoff win back in 2018. And, you know, they're a team out of the NEC that's been close in the spring and in the fall last season of gaining that automatic bid. And so, you know, I know they are, they are hungry to, uh, to, to get back to the postseason and be a part of the FCS playoffs. And so, you know, just to answer your question, what am I looking forward to? I think there's a lot of storylines across the board. You know, NDSU, do they continue their dominance? It feels like a year where NDSU is is kind of number one, and, and then maybe South Dakota State is right behind them. And then I think there's another line uh, with the rest of the teams. I think you have Montana and Montana State next, at least on paper in the national conversation. Who's going to be that school that rises up, that kind of comes out of nowhere, that hasn't had a ton of pedigree, that we're talking about maybe second weekend in the playoffs. Last year it was ETSU who came to the Fargo Dome after uh, their, their win over Kennesaw State in the, play, in the playoffs last season, Chris. So um, you know those are just a couple of things off the top of my mind in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Can Missouri State continue their success under Bobby Petrino after a pretty impressive calendar year in spring and fall of 2021? And so a lot of storylines, a lot of talking points. And early in the year, obviously, how many FCS teams are going to knock off FBS foes? Don't want that to happen at Tallahassee, Chris. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) But after what we saw last year, FBS teams got to be ready to play. No, Amen,
1: man. I, I mean, I was going to ask you if you felt like North Dakota State would be any easier to dethrone in 2022. We had Andy Rickoff on the pod a little bit earlier, and he was yep. talking about how the Valley look it's stacked every year, but this year especially when you feel like NDSU, South Dakota State are kind of a tier above everybody else, at least right now on paper. That could change. We always tend to pop off with some inaccurate predictions in August, but you have two sure. other teams: Southern Illinois, Missouri State, both top ten teams in a lot of the preseason polls and then obviously you have the Northern Iowas and the North Dakota South Dakotas always can kind of make noise and be on the cusp of uh, playoff contention hey what do you suppose is the future of FCS football like how do you see it shaping up James Madison's gone Sam Houston State is on the way out obviously this conference realignment is is kind of unprecedented because it doesn't matter what region you're in anymore but if you have an attractive enough profile, a conference is willing to take you in. Where do you think this affects the powerhouse programs of the FCS?
3: well, it's the it's the million dollar question, Chris. And I think it starts at a place that is that that's at a higher level financially and from just an overall following. It, it starts with the college football playoff, in my opinion. What does that do? What does that that expansion look like? at the the fbs level does it expand to eight does it go to 12 16 has been talked about and and then who's invited to the party or the group of fives going to gain uh you know access on an annual basis a permanent seat at the table and and i think when we get those answers to to those questions then you see the trickle-down effects and then i think you see how things can move around and the division has taken a hit let's just call it what it is it's taken a hit with the loss of james madison specifically but sam houston has had their success this last decade jacksonville state has had you know a brief period of success playing in the 2015 national championship game and so yeah the division looks a little different than what it did 10 15 years ago there's no question about that and so you you better believe the powers that be at at the the largest programs are keeping an eye on what's going on around realignment at the top. And so I think it starts there. You know, what happens with the college football playoff? Does the group of five get a seat at the table? And if that is the case, in my opinion, then I think you really see the realignment wheels begin to turn once again. You also have TV deals with, you know, obviously the big 10 and the sec can the ACC elevate their revenue to their, their members to compete better with, with the two, uh, conferences that are getting more money in, in television revenue and how that all kind of shakes out when that starts again is really going to have a massive trickle down effect i feel like into the division in the next three to five years step into the
1: world
2: of power loyalty
1: 18 plus. Hey, give me a bold prediction, hot take, if you will, for this upcoming season in the FCS.
3: Whew! Bold prediction, hot take. Um, man, that's that's a good that's a good question overall. I'll, I'll just give you something from you know from an NDSU perspective. Uh, I, I will I will go out on and say this, and I don't know if it's a bold prediction or a hot take. But I will say that NDSU's game versus South Dakota State in Fargo will be a more highly contested contest than their game at Arizona and Tucson in September. And I think you could see a situation where NDSU potentially is favored going into Tucson to play against the Wildcats at Arizona Stadium. And so uh, that that's, I guess... I don't know if it's a bold prediction or a hot take. I'm not usually great at. I usually left those for Rick off on our daily radio show, Chris, <laughs> each and every day. Uh, but I'll just say, I think, I think the game, the marker game versus SDSU, is going to be a more highly fought, hard, you know, highly competitive fought contest than what we'll see. ND. I think NDSU is going to go to Arizona and win. And and I think they're going to do impose their will on that team specifically in the trenches. Uh,
1: and how about this for a take? Maybe that Dakota Marker game between NDSU and South Dakota State is the first of two meetings between the teams. Maybe they see each other again in Frisco.
3: I'll tell you this: I would love to see it. There are a lot of people um, that that are Bison fans that I don't think would want to see that because they they want to try little brother mentality to South Dakota State. You can't do it anymore, Chris. SDSU has won four of the last six meetings in the regular season in the marker game. They have given NDSU fits the last six years in the regular season. Now, the Bison have continued to be the ultimate and have continued to be the standard when it comes to getting it done over the long haul and winning national championships. That's where South Dakota State just has not been able to get over the hump yet. It hasn't figured it out. I think this could be a year if the Jackrabbits are able to navigate a tough road schedule in their fall campaign where you could see an NDSU, SDSU national title game in Frisco in January. And oh man, the buildup for that over three weeks, the trash talk will be at an all-time high.
1: <laughs> yeah, forget the holidays. Let's uh, look ahead to that. That would be a lot of fun. Yes. Jeff, Jeff, you're the man. We're going to keep the heat up on FCS football all season long here on the pod. But where can fans listen to some Colhane? Because I know the folks in Fargo are always going to be pulling for you.
3: No, I appreciate that, Chris. And, and we we love the people of Fargo. Our friends, we still – we're going to stay connected to NDSU and Fargo forever. And so – um, you know, pe- where, where folks can listen to us, I would tell you to download the, uh, the Seminoles app or the FSU Game Day app is what you can, uh, what you can go to on your uh, smart devices, your iPhones, your iPads, your Androids, and you can listen in to our call of Florida State football and Florida State athletics and also some podcasts we're doing down here covering the success stories of Florida State athletics as well. So uh, always cherish my time, my six years. Uh, covering NDSU and calling those games. And we've got lifelong friends that uh, we're going to stay connected to. And I've got a feeling we'll be back in Fargo sometime down the road, probably not between November and April, but we'll be in Fargo at some point in time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, enjoy a nice little late spring, early summer trip out that way next year. Jeff, thanks so much for jumping on. Fired up for you to be a Florida State Seminole and look forward to tuning you in as the Seminoles host Duquesne in Week Zero. Thanks again.
3: Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me on.
1: All right, good stuff from our guests, Andy Rickoff, Jeff Colhane. Next week, there are Week 0 matchups to preview. Opening kickoff is almost here. Hope you'll have the chance to listen. Until then, this is the FCS Fever Podcast. On the Aaron Torres Media Feed, I'm Chris Sylvester.